Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Lavender Water Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Williams, and this program is brought to you in part by the United State of the Art and Wants New Clothing. Today, I have a very special guest, and I know I always say that all these guests are very special guests, but all these guests are very special guests. This woman is the sister of my ex-girlfriend. When, uh, if you remember our episode about how exes can be friends, she is a she's a a, a veterinarian. She is a, a pastry chef who whose expertise is baking edibles. Um, she's an she's a, a, a an avid Sims player and fan. Um, she she's real funny on Facebook. She's 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 a wonderful ride of a person. Give it up for Jasmine Mitchell. <laughs> well, thank you. I never felt so. <laughs> I never had my my like accolades drawn out for me like that. I appreciate hey, that. On this show, I give my friends their flowers. That's what I do. <laughs> oh man! How you doing? What's going? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty decent. I'm always in a zombified state. <laughs> I've been recording these like crazy. <laughs> a zombified state. And that's crazy because um, I was actually thinking about getting into like vlogging and stuff myself. And I'm mm. like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to tie that into my my life right now. But I'm going to try it. People, y'all making money off of this. I'm trying to get in the, on the money train. Where you? Uh, you on TikTok? No. I think I'm if not. you started a TikTok and you like, if you showed the people how you, you you like top to bottom process of making an edible, you know how people would like show a really long process and they condense it to like 15 to 20 seconds or something like that. I think that'll yeah. work for you. Huh. I'm going to look into that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, see, that's the weird thing about that is with the edibles thing, and this is why I stopped posting it so much, is because you get people that, like, report you. So <laughs> yeah. it goes it goes against all these, like, weird, weird and random community standards. And then, like, like when I started my edible business, um, the the very beginning of it, like, I would get, like, Karens, like, emailing me and, like, messaging me, like, oh, I'm going to report you because your edibles look like, like, real, you know, pastry. So what if kids, <laughs> what if kids order these? And I'm like, I would fucking know if it was a kid. Like, it's Facebook. And why is your kid on Facebook looking to, to buy shit? Like, please so leave me alone. Like, I've, I've dealt with a lot of that. And then after that, it was, like, people just, like, reporting my posts. And I, you know, in Facebook jail for 30 days or, like, um, ugh, what's the long? I think the longest is 30 days. I haven't, I don't think I've been in Facebook jail for more than 30 days. But they do do it, like, back-to-back sometimes. Oh, you're doing like, heavy time. <laughs> yeah, like, I get out and then, like, I post one thing and then I'm back in Facebook jail. I was like, what did I do? Yeah, so 
don't know. I'll I'll check it out with TikTok. I don't know. They allow a lot of shit on TikTok though. But then TikTok does kind of like when it comes to black creators, it kind of bullshit them a little bit, yeah, just a little they, bit. They definitely definitely throw that hammer down because I remember putting trying to put up some comedy videos and it's like, man. I'm from the 90s. I can't be funny unless I'm cussing or being, you know, vulgar. Something your grandma can't watch. But um, <laughs> literally every time I put the video up, oh, this goes against violations on you. Whoa. So I'm like, man, this like it's always my funniest ones, too, that they'd be like, oh, we're going to review it. You can't share it. You can't show nobody. So when I finally beat the charges, then they let it be free. But then they already killed the momentum on the algorithm. So then a funny video ended up with like five views. And I was like, man, I ain't uh-huh. trying to put it up again, though. Like, you know, so I think if you can find a way to like present it, you know what I'm saying? Instead of be like, oh, this is your weed butter, just be like, special butter yeah. or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't even emphasize it. You know what I'm saying? Boom, boom, boom. Just make it look like we're baking goods. You know what I'm saying? But yep. those who know, they know. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at that. I've been I've been with you passenger seat hitting the lick on one of these edible runs before. It was it was pretty fun. Um <laughs> how'd you how'd you get into uh baking edibles and the whole business? Um when I lived in Jacksonville, like five, six years ago, I I thought about it, and I said I was going to do it, and I never did it. I, like, bought all of these, like, equipment, like, the decorating shit, the pans. Mm. I bought all of it. And I would, like, bake just, like, cupcakes and stuff for my friends, but I didn't, like, do the edible butter because at that time I was living with my grandma, and she was, like, real strict on me, like, smoking and in the house, like, I couldn't do too much in the house. And then she she moved out, but she left me her townhouse. So mm. I still didn't do it then. I was, like, selling weed and shit, but I wasn't making yeah. edibles. Then I moved up here, and um, it was, like, a year before the pandemic, and I didn't want to work. I was going to school, but, the, you know, the refund checks on the last year so long and then yeah. I was like well shit I gotta figure something out so I don't have to get a job cause I had a little serving job but I was I think I had quit that yeah I had quit that by the time school started so I just needed a way to make money and I mentioned this to my mom I remember mentioning it to my mom and then she was like no what did you get in <laughs> trouble and the laws and blah 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 and I was like nah you know things are kind of lax now like I think we'll be good and she's like, no, 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 like, find something else, figure something else. And then, like, a month later, she comes up to me, and she's like, we need to start making edibles. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> where did that come from? And she was like, oh, I got all this clientele at work, like, a bunch of my nurse friends, like, they're asking me, and, like, I've seen a couple <laughs> girls eat some gummies. And I was like, wait, okay. So then she bought she bought a magic butter machine, and I just – Took over from that. Like, yeah. started making like gummies and then cookies and then rice crispy treats and then, yeah, I tried to like build and just like, I don't know, kind of expand on it, but 
It got kind of monotonous. So. Yeah, I understand. You know, uh, it's it's Cincinnati. It's a lot of uncultured people. People just want drugs in a thing and be like, just give it to me, give it to me. I don't care about a brownie. Yeah. Oh, I don't care about pastry. No, just, just give me dope. <laughs> yeah, because I started getting like crackheads type shit. Like, they'll buy a pack of gummies from me and you know, the exchange would be all good and then I leave and they'll text me like, you know anybody with pills? Like, no! Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just know, I just know weed. And then you get, like, people that are, like, they just wanted flour or they just wanted cards, and they'll ask me if I know anybody, and I really didn't at the time. So I'm just like, no, nah, like, but here's this cupcake. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think what you were doing with uh, the, the Lazy Bitch Edibles, I think, would be more like a West Coast thing. Like, you would be able to set up a shop People come in, know what it is, you know what I'm saying? Not know, yeah, you got cupcakes, but you got some perks under there. You got some, you know. Because, yeah, Ohio is really big on hard drugs, like opiates. Uh, uh, and I thought that was a Florida Because, like, when I was in Florida, like, everybody popped pills, everybody did X, everybody, you know, like, you did something. Yeah, something. But up here, I did not. I thought that little pandemic was over up here. <laughs> no, the world drugs would never end. <laughs> they hardcore in Ohio. I did not know it was that bad. <laughs> I was watching somebody's live last night. They were like, yeah, we, we just popped a pill. We popped pills over here. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> you want perk? You want perk? You're right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's a lot. There's a lot of neighborhoods in Ohio and the greater Cincinnati area that is like you. It's easier to find crack rock than it is a joint. <laughs> <laughs> like they always look at you. They always look at you when you're looking for weed, like you're looking for crack rock. Yeah. It's I don't know. It's just it's weird. It's it's so weird. I did not know it was that bad. <laughs> uh uh-uh. So speaking speaking on Jacksonville, let's let's make a little transition. Um, oh. I remember <laughs> I remember you were doing the vet thing. You were really passionate about the animals. And are you still in school? Um, I am taking a break because I owe. I hit my cap in my student loans. I didn't know there was a cap, but I hit my cap in my student loans, and UC wants some money that I don't have. So. <laughs> yeah, that's that's college, man. <laughs> I really don't understand. How do you give a loan to a person who's probably never made that amount of money in their life? You know, being able to hold on to that, Liz, you know what I'm saying? Like, what average American citizen has $20,000 to give you for the whole year? Plus, right. you know what I'm saying? Right. And I think to, yeah, to get my vet set license, it was like 100000 or something like that. I got to check. 
But yeah, my student loans are like I think I'm at two seventy five. Mm. And that's from yeah, because I went to NKU. Um, I think that was Cincinnati State, UC, Edward Waters College. Where else did I go? And yeah, that's it. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Brown. Big loan, yeah. big loan. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't know there was a cap. <laughs> And so I went to apply for the the last semester that passed, and it was like, uh, you ain't getting no money. Like, oh. mm. yeah. But then I heard they are forgiving student loans. I don't know how that'll work for me, but I think they said uh, it'll forgive up to like fifty thousand. Which I I personally think really? I've already been affected by the forgiveness because uh, since 2008, really up until 2020, I ain't never been able to receive my federal tax return. Like it would always get taken by the the little three or four months I did at Wright State. So six six thousand dollars that I owed has become like ten thousand dollars after years of interest. So it's like. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they would just snatch it right from me. I would never get any money back. So then 2020 and beyond, it's like, I'll file. And then it's like, oh, yeah, you're getting this much back. And I was like, whoa, it would be nice <laughs> if I could get, you know, 10 years back up. But, hey, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Man, ugh. Yeah, I I just think the student law thing is shit. Like, um. I was having a debate with my boyfriend not too long ago because he was like, I don't know, I just felt like he kind of sounded like a white conservative male. And it kind of bothered me a little bit because he was like, we were talking about, like, the whole, like, border situation. He said something about, like, oh, it was when Elon Musk bought Twitter. Mm. And he was like, this is so great. This is so great. And I was like, okay, like, what's so great about it, Lee? He was like, well, they finally won't, they won't, you know, be putting reserves on what people say and stuff like that. Like, it's an open community, so, you know, people can say what they want without being, like, blocked or, like, you know, like, bots coming to block their shit and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, I guess. So he was like, yeah, that's what they did to Trump. That's what Twitter did to Trump. And I was like, no, that's different. Like, that's, that's totally different. And he was like, how is that different? And I was like, because Trump, Trump was a high, you know, like a high-profile person, dude. So he's saying all this hateful shit online, and people are blindly following him. Like, you just can't say whatever you want and have that type of power and have that type of platform. And, like, people just let it slide. Like, people were being reckless under Trump. Like, I ain't, like, yeah. against Trump. Totally, but like they were, they were like following him blindly on some like racial shit, and so he was like, um, it, it. We started having a whole debate about Trump, and then he started talking about the border patrol and like the border situation. So we started. Oh, it was a whole fucking debate about that. So I was like, he started getting upset because I was just like, bro, like America is not what you think it is. Like it is not just like beautiful land where, like, everybody's free and you can just do whatever you want. Because I was like, that's the image that America wants to sell to people. But 
that's not what it is. Yeah, people <laughs> buy it up every day. Like I got yeah, a couple like, uh I got a couple friends in South Africa that think that living in the United States is like the what it's like being in Manhattan when you're rich. I was like, Oh yeah. cool. <laughs> And that's like you watch like shit like ninety day fiance and stuff like that. And those people come here because they get these American, you know, significant others, and they think, like, oh, they have money because they're from America. Like, they, they live a nice life because they're from America. And then they get here and find out this motherfucker is just working a nine-to-five, making $14 an hour, and you really ain't living like that, and they be salty. Yeah. It's like, because <laughs> America sells that to people, like. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Like, he was just, because like, he was sounding like that, too. Like, oh, people just want to come here because they they want what we have. It's like, yeah, because that's what people sell. That's what, what they see on TV. Like, what else they supposed to think? <laughs> like, selling you the American dream. Yeah, literally selling you a dream, and you get here and find out it's bullshit. Like, Welcome. Like it um it was one episode in Ninety Day Fiance and this girl was from Trinidad. The mm-hmm. guy she was dating, the guy she was dating was a real estate agent investor, and like he had money, right? But he wanted to like test her when she got here to see if she was gonna be like a gold digger, pretty much. So he took her to like family home in like the hood, and um and made it seem like that's what they were going to be living. And then he was mad because the girl was, like, salty about it. And he was like, oh, you should be grateful, and you should, you know, like, you should be more grateful for the things you have, and blah, blah, blah. And then she was like, but you come, you come, when you come visit me in Trinidad, you wear these nice clothes, you wear Louis Vuitton and Hermes, like, you wear all this nice cologne and you have like all this Louis luggage like but you live in like this like your priorities mixed up (laughs) (laughs) and she like she like FaceTimed her mom and was like showing her mom the house because the house was like pretty dated and run down and she was showing her mom like the holes in the wall and stuff like that and her mom was laughing she was like oh that's America for you (laughs) like clowning her like like that's why you moved oh okay like but it's fucked yeah. up like people, people put out that image and it ain't it ain't that and then they get here and it ain't that and they get disappointed yeah it's just, it's just a it's, it's, America is a giant warehouse you're either working in it or you're you're sitting out on break but yeah it's it's, it's just one long work shift is what it feels like living here. <laughs> it does. It's so terrible. Ooh. What are we going to do? Grind. <laughs> Get up out of the situation. <laughs> well, there's nothing to do. I mean, you can't. No one ever became a millionaire clocking in and out at work. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to do something out of the regular. You got to do something bigger than yourself and, you know, get your hustle on. And that's crazy because they say, like, when they say a millionaire has, like, seven businesses or something like that, or you need seven businesses to become a millionaire, which I guess is true because 
just being a rapper and a ball player ain't doing it. <laughs> yeah, we we've had many talks on this uh on this podcast about trying to be the top percentile performer. It's like it's millions and millions of kids that want Michael Jordan's job on the basketball team. And you see it's not millions and millions of people on that sports team. So <laughs> you know, uh you you gotta find something that that you can I mean, by all means if you're passionate about something, pursue it. But you know, you gotta be realistic in getting in where you fit in. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well that is just like that is Kamora. Oh. My my golden doodle puppy that won't shut up. I don't know what she What is she barking at? She wants you to talk about uh, your journey through being a uh, veterinarian. Oh, God. Where do I start? I don't know. I, <clears throat> I want to be a vet since I was like five. I remember telling my mom that's what I wanted to do. And I don't know. That's what I kind of stuck with. And, um, shit. Well, I'm a veterinarian take dishes, so that's different from a veterinarian. Like, I don't get paid to sit on my ass and Google symptoms. Um, I gotta, like, wrestle the dogs and hold the dogs down and draw blood and squeeze butt glands and all that stuff. Like, I do all the dirty work for a veterinarian to look good. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I always wanted to be a veterinarian, like I said. And then when I was like what twenty five, I moved to Jacksonville to go to school to be a technician because I was like, well, I don't know. I felt like I was in a rut in Cincinnati, and I just needed something to do. I don't have any kids. So I was like, why not? I don't have any responsibilities. Why not move to Florida? So I did. Went to vet tech school down there. Uh, that was a trip because it's not that many black veterinary technicians, not that many black people in the veterinary field anyway. Um, but I did have like, you know, there was a couple of us, which was cool. Um, I did go through a situation where I almost got kicked out, um, because they didn't like this girl that I befriended. Like, they felt like... Okay, so the girl was going through something. She was um, she was withdrawing from, like, opioid addiction. So mm. she would, like, have, like... I don't know if you ever withdrew through opioids before, but it's, like, really... It's really fucked up. Um... Your your skin, like, crawls, and you just feel, like, really antsy and itchy. Like, I don't know. She just, like, everybody kind of outcasted her because she would always sit in the back because she would always, like, get up in the middle of class and kind of pace because she, mm. like, she told me when we started getting close, like, her skin would crawl and she'll feel itchy and she can't really do anything, you know. So she would always sit in the back to try to be less distracting. But she always mm. wore, like, bangle bracelets. So that's all you would hear was, like, these fucking bracelets. 
through the whole class. Like, yeah, like, so that was annoying as fuck. So people are outcasted her because they just thought she was weird and they didn't take time to really get to know her. And uh, I did. I took time to get to know her or whatever. We became cool. And I found out, you know, like, she was going through her withdrawals, but she would only smoke weed. But she would only smoke Reggie at that. And I thought mm-hmm. that was funny because I ain't seen Reggie in God knows how long. So it's just like, how are you getting by just smoking Reggie? But she did. It worked for her. So I was cool with that. Like, I smoked Reggie with her. We'll study together and stuff like that. We'll smoke a boy on the way to school because, like, I didn't have a car at the time. So she'll, like, come get me because she lived on the west side of Jacksonville like I did. She'll come get me all her way to school. We'll ride to school together, smoke a J. And one time, like, we'll get smoke breaks in between classes. So one time we were on a smoke break, and I was smoking a cigarette, but I was with, like, another, you know, like, my group of friends at the school or whatever. We all smoked a cigarette. And one of my friends looked over and she was like, is your girl smoking weed in her car? And I was like, what? And I look over and she was like, I like, I can smell it. Like, tell her, like, we can smell this shit. So I was, I'd, I'd like yelled across the parking lot to her like, hey, it's like, you know, like, bitch, we can smell you. And she's like, oh, shit, my bad. She put her joint out. Mm-hmm. Next thing I know, we, <laughs> the next day, they, um, they, they did a random drug test on us. Mm. And so, like, I already knew what it was about because one, one of the teachers I was cool with, um, she had put me to the side and kind of told me, like, why we were getting drug tested and stuff like that because um, mm. me and my friend had played it to where we didn't have to piss that day because we, like, <laughs> we were trying to flush our sister real quick. So... <laughs> We had we didn't make it in time to like take the piss test because they that like the cutoff time was at three and we got there right at three so they wouldn't let us piss so we mm-hmm. had to go to the teachers and let them know and they was all suspect about it because they think I was with this girl like popping pills and shit so mm-hmm. um they was like well y'all gotta y'all gotta take it tomorrow I'll take the drug test tomorrow or there's gonna be consequences so we just like okay whatever so we did the um the jail thing. I can't think of it. You know, about when you put like the the gelatin shit in water and you drink it, and you have to drink a Gatorade, and I think you have to piss like two or three times, and then like go take a piss test. Both yeah, did that. Uh, she passed. Whatever. She, <laughs> so she passed her test. I failed it, but all I did mm. was smoke weed. So that's why I was just like, because like I said, the teacher I was cool with, she pulled me. Aside again, when they, I guess they sent the email to let them know why I failed. And mm. she was like, what the fuck? Like, it says you failed, but it doesn't say what you failed for. So, like, what mm. are you doing? I was like, like, I just smoke weed. Like, I swear to God, like, that's all I do. And so she mm. was like, okay, well, they, like, they can't put you out for smoking weed. Like, that's not a big deal. And she was like, right. well, don't worry. You're not the only one that failed. And people have been doing more stuff than just weed. And I was like, well, shit, like, why are y'all mad at me? But they were still on my ass, and they were, like, trying to get me out of there because it was kind of like they were kind of doing, like, a rollout teaching anyway because the school was closing down. So if you Mm -hmm. failed a semester, you would have to start over at another school. Mm. So 
I was like an A student anyway, but the fucking um the dean had pulled me in his office. I know cussing out the dean because he pulled me <laughs> in his office and just like, why am I here? Like this makes no sense. And he, because he tried to do like a scare tactic at that. This shit pissed me off. He like had a whole page, like letter typed out addressed to me and everything. All this motherfucker had to do was put it on, put it in an envelope and put a stamp on it. Had a whole letter saying like I'm kicked out of the school because I failed and um I owe this much money to the school because I failed out and blah blah blah. And I was like, motherfucker, first of all, I'll, I got all A's. Like I got one C in like a lab class. Like why am I even here? Like he was just like, I just don't want you to go down the wrong path. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because like they had my friend in the in the waiting room in the lobby because they mm-hmm. wanted just to talk to us. So I was just like, I cussed him out because I just felt like that was fucked up. Like, y'all pulled me in here because, one, the girl, like I said, I was studying with her and tutoring her and everything. The girl ended up, she was passing. So, like, why are y'all mad? Like, she's passing. Her grades have gone up since she's been hanging with me. Like, why am I here? So, yeah, cussed him out. I ended up graduating anyway. Um, I ended up, like... Smelling like a whole ounce of weed when I crossed that stage. Because I remember the girl in front of me was like, <laughs> she was like, damn, you smell that? And I was like, yeah, what is that? And she was like, we need to ride with them. And then we got backstage to walk across the stage. And she was like, this is you. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it was me. I shook the dean's hand, smell like a whole ounce. I did not give a fuck. Fuck him. <laughs> That's how you do it. Has a fucking goatee. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, I had uh, graduated there. I ended up kind of like bouncing in and out of um animal hospitals, to be honest, because. Working with all women, especially working with all white women, is a challenge. Um, it's a lot of drama, a lot of unnecessary drama, a lot of, like, insecurities and shade. It's, like, real weird working with all women. And like I said, working with all white women, because you get the ones that are, like, really manipulative and the ones that, like, could cry on cue and make you feel bad for them. And then you get the ones that are, like, something's always wrong or they're always sick so they're calling out like the place I'm at now like it's always something with women I don't get it I hate it (laughs) I hate it I I can relate to a a work environment where it's weird to work with all white men Uh, (laughs) I'm not I'm not entirely sure if it's just when you're the only black person in an all white environment that makes it weird I don't know if it's you know, working with the same, you know, if you're a male, working with all men, you know, if you want to work with all women, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it's just, you know, these little different dynamics. But uh, continue, I, my bad. I, no, you're good. I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. Because, like, the place I'm at now, I'm one of two black people that work there. It used to be three of us, but the one black lady, she was, like, an older black woman. She quit. I would have quit, too, because I ain't got time for that shit. 
but it's me and a younger black girl that worked there. And it, and the thing that trips me out is like y'all can remember the difference between a Jenny, Jen, and a Jennifer, but me, Jasmine, and Bailey, y'all can't tell the difference between. That shit trips me out. Like y'all, they I don't know how many times I've been called Bailey. Mm. <laughs> and it's like, like we don't like me and this girl don't even look alike. We might be the same complexion. That's about it. Like she wears her natural hair, I wear wigs, and I wore wigs on purpose so they that wouldn't happen, and it still happens. Like that shit trips me out. I don't get it. But <laughs> yeah, the veterinary field, like it. It it has a really high suicide rate, which is crazy to me. But I kind of understand it because it like it could be really it could be really hard on you and hard on your heart, especially like if you've been working at a place for a really long time and you've seen a lot of your patients go from like puppy to like old age, and you had to like pretty much put your patient down or kill them. Or something happens to them and they go down in a certain way, I get that. But then a lot of it is like, like I said, working with all women, and then you get like all these different personalities that you gotta like, like cater to and portray to, and like you get all these women with insecurities, and that you know they want to like affect your job and play on your job because they don't they don't feel respected type of thing. Like, it's, it's really weird. Like, a lot of egos going come into play with it. It's, I hate it. Like, I, I want to open I want to have my own uh, hospital. Hopefully I will one day because I'm not trying to, one, tear my body up lifting 70-pound dogs every day. <laughs> and yeah, like one doctor I work with, Dr. Kelly, I love her to death, but she's going in on her third knee replacement um, mm. this fall. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's like really hard on your body. And people think it's all like, oh, I get to play with puppies all day. It's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I feel sorry for the that. people that that come in thinking that because I've seen a lot of people like leave the field because that's what they thought it was. And then you get, you start working and you start figuring out there's a lot of science to it. There's a lot of like, like I said, like portraying the egos and like catering to people and different personalities all day. And then you got to lift and wrestle dogs and cats and not get bit and not get scratched. And you got to follow all these like OSHA regulations and HIPAA laws and it's, a lot. But there yeah. is some cool aspects. I've done a lot of cool shit. I can't really like complain too much about it, but yeah. You know, out in the workforce, I think it's really easy to, you know, ex you know, not not be able to fully anticipate what the work really is because all you see is what drew you to it in the first place. You know what I'm saying? Like right. When uh, I went to Job Corps for culinary training, to me, versus all the other jobs that they were talking, culinary seemed like it was the easiest one. I was like, all you're doing is cooking food. How long could that be? <laughs> <laughs> but then you go through it and you experience 
what it's really like. And you realize there's math, there's, you know, you got to tap into a psychic awareness. It's almost like playing a sport, and I'm not an athletic person. Uh, so that was another thing. Uh, you got to retain a lot of knowledge offhand. There is no no playbook for you to reach out to. You can't ask Madden, you know what I'm saying? You got to know. <laughs> and, you know, it's a lot of things you got to develop, and, you know, not just that, but any field. And, um, you know, I think, like, society would function a lot better if if really you allow children to, like, find themselves, figure out what it is they would want to grow up to do, and then the rest yeah. of our education be spent, you know, training for that, you know what I'm saying, instead of you blast us with all this information that doesn't really apply to anything in the real world. And then you leave yeah. them financially defenseless with this bare minimum education, and then you leave them to just figure it out. <laughs> and some people go homeless. Some people go crazy. Some people go to jail. Um, I don't know the percentage of people who accomplish everything that they that they seek that they seek to do. You know what I'm saying? And I think it starts with the education system. Like you, they don't they don't really nurture your dreams. No, and that's it's I don't know why. Like I feel like it's kind of weird because, like you said, like when I was in high school, a lot of times. A lot of classes I didn't really try in because I didn't really feel like I needed that to be a veterinarian. You know, like, I didn't really care for it because I'm not going to need that. So why would I learn about it? Like, that was kind of right. my attitude. Cool. And I did I did okay, but, yeah, like, that was kind of my attitude. Like, I don't need this to be a veterinarian. Why am I learning about this? <laughs> and I think it would be a little better. I do appreciate my parents because, like I said, like, when I told my mom, like, this is what I want to do, and she was like, okay, well, this is what you need to do to get there. Like, so, yeah, I just, yeah, I feel like if high school was like that, like how you describe it should be, it I would have been better off. I wouldn't have, I don't think I would have struggled as much to get to where I want to be because I would have had the tools to already type of deal. But nowadays they have like, like the programs for kids to like go to college and graduate from high school with their associates already, which is cool. Mm. Yeah. Okay. This girl I work with, uh, she just graduated high school and she also graduated her associates. My, my little cousin actually um, did the same thing. Yeah, so I wish they would have had that when we was in high school. That would have been awesome. Well, congratulations to the degree-dub children out there. Do your thing. (laughs) Yeah, that's big. I I think that's super cool because you could just go in, you know, if you want to pursue your education further, you could just go in for your bachelor's. You don't have to do the stair steps. So, yeah, big up to them. That's, That's cool, but... Yeah, I don't know, cause they did. I they did have those like like Job Corps and um, uh, what's it called, Scarlet Oaks and stuff like that when we were in school. But yeah. they made it. They didn't like really 
make it seem like an opportunity, you know what I mean? Like, they made it seem like a last-ditch type of thing for people. And I think that's why a lot of people weren't really into it. It's it's so weird that they advertise it that way, because Job Corps does put you in line with a lot of opportunities. Um, And I didn't know about it until it was really too late for me to be in the program. Like, I was 23, 24 when I, uh, yeah, I was 23 when I applied for the program, and then when I left it, I was 25. Like, you, the max out is, like, 24 years old. It's 16 mm. years old to 24. So it's like, yeah, if I had known about this years ago, <laughs> like, yeah, if, if when I was entering junior year, I could have just went to job for it and then say, yeah. I, say I did the cooking thing again. And then, you know, at 18, be qualified, boom, 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 have a real deal career, you know what I'm saying? But by the time I got into it, like, you know, I mean, not that it was too late to turn my life around, but it was just like, man, like, <laughs> this could have been so useful a while ago. Yeah, like you would have already had that on your belt type of thing. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, because, like, me coming out of high school, I didn't know. I didn't know shit for real. I honestly didn't know we had a college counselor until probably probably about a week before graduation is when I met her. And I didn't mm. even know that people were, like, already applying in colleges and shit. Like, <laughs> I thought that was something you did, like, after you graduated. I didn't know you was doing that since junior year. Like, and um, she asked me, I remember her asking me what I wanted to do in my life, and I told her, like, I wanted to be a veterinarian since I was a little girl. You know, that's always been my dream. That's something I, like, really want to pursue, and I wanted to go to Grambling State University. Like, I already had my life planned out, and then she pretty much told me it was too late for me to do all that, and then she slid me an application to Burger King and told me to join the workforce when I graduate. That was the best that I could do. Wow. <laughs> do you remember her name? I do not remember her name. And that's, it, it that's, was like, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was so offended because I was just like, like my whole life, my mom would tell me I could be whatever I wanted to be. Did this bitch go tell me it's too late for you? Like, go to work at Burger King? Like, no, I'm not going to work at Burger King. Like, what's wrong with you? And I remember, I remember telling my mom, and my mom went up to the school and like cussed out all the guidance counselors. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it was like, like, who are you to tell my daughter she can't be a veterinarian? Like, who, like, what is wrong with you? You supposed to be a guidance counselor, you know? Like, you supposed to be guiding these kids. And why is she meet you now? Like, why didn't you reach out to her? Like, you reached out to all these other kids. Like, granted, we right. were in like a PWI, but like, like, yeah, like, why didn't you, why didn't you help her out? Like, you helped all these other kids out. Like, it's not right. Right. They, like, had to calm my mom down and shit. Like, it was, yeah, it was a mess. But I, I'll never forget that. Like, when I made the dean's list, when I was in Sanford Brown, I was so happy. I remember posting, like, fuck that bitch that told me to work at Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, like, I'm Facebook friends with, like, a lot of my teachers from high school. They were, like, who told you that? And I'm, like, I don't remember her name, but she was a fucking college counselor. And they were, like, she doesn't work there anymore. <laughs> Yeah, that that kind of behavior is going to catch up to you. Like, your job is to inspire children, and you're talking about, yeah, go Berkeley, bro. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was so, I was so, like I said, I was offended. I was kind of hurt. I was, I was more hurt than he told me it was too late to apply to the college I wanted to go to. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, And then she was like, well, before she even said all that, because she was like, well, what is your plan B? And I was like, well, I'm on the dance team, and I've danced pretty much my entire life, so I guess I would be like a professional dancer if the veterinarian thing doesn't work out. And she was like, "That's just those are two different fields. I don't think you could, like, do either at this point. And I'm like, bitch, like. She's just a professional right. dream killer. Like, if you need some anti-motivation, <laughs> that's the person for you. Because <laughs> she was like, she told me this story about it. She said her, like, her friend's daughter was in veterinary school and she had failed all her VCATs and like she she had a 4.0 and all through college and high school and I think I had like a 2.8 or something like that or 2.9 and she's like I don't see it for you and I was like damn like bullshit <laughs> I still wasn't gonna work at first no I wasn't about to do that shit and that'd be some bullshit too that that Burger King University because they only I think they only send you for like a business uh, associates in business or something like that. <laughs> so it's like you really can't do nothing but work at Burger King the rest of your life. Yeah, it's all these little uh, jobs and uh, all that be doing it. Send you to school. Be like, yeah, it just makes you a better employee for us. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, God. And then they be having bullshit-ass salaries at those places anyway, the managers and shit. I don't know. I can't do yeah. for the managers. But all the managers I know. I've known complaining about their salary, but maybe, maybe they were just talking shit. Who knows? I mean, <laughs> the, the way they got us living out here, no amount of money is enough amount of money. It's really not. It's really sad. It's it's really sad. Like I said, with the whole the thing earlier, with like. America portrays it like you can do anything, you can be anything. It's like you have to work really, really hard for that. Sometimes you can just look out and be the hot talk for a second. And then half the time is literally a second. Like you got to figure out what to do next on that shit. Yeah, America. Chris is the best. Chris Jenner is the best at that. <laughs> oh, gotta gotta exploit any <laughs> any opportunity, I guess. Yeah, all opportunities, even if it's your daughters. <laughs> uh, everyone listening, don't go out there and pick your kids. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm not saying. No. I'm not saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just saying for anyone that can interpret it that way, you know what I'm saying? Like that's not what we talk about over here. That's not what we talk about. I was just 
That was a dab at Chris Jenner. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. No, please do not do that. Don't leave the babies. Leave the babies alone. Let the babies be babies. Yeah, and, and let them blossom <laughs> into productive members of society. Yes. Good, dude. But uh, I think this is a good place to put the cap on the episode. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah, uh, it was really good talking to you. Uh, I enjoyed you today. Um, Oh, thank you. Great talking to you. I'm honored to be here. Thank you for... (laughs) Hope I fuck it up. No, you good. You really good. Uh we got we got hour long episodes. We got like twenty minute episodes, fifty minutes, forty minutes, like it's you know, wh- whatever feels right, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> cool. All right, man. I appreciate you inviting me here though. I have fun. <laughs> Thanks for having you're, me. You're welcome on the show anytime. Oh, thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I've been your host, Matthew Williams, for the Lavender Water Podcast. Until next time, see you. Have a good weekend.